Thank you everyone that's stuck with us for this long. We appreciate you tuning in for week 11 of the College Football Pod. If you're new to the pod, just remember that the timestamps are in the description, so feel free to skip ahead to whatever games that you uh, may be tuning in for, or just skip ahead to the best bets and parlays. Enjoy! Thanks. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome in. Week 11. Tease me with a parlay. College football podcast. I'm Alex. I'm here with Xander. And, uh, Hello. Nate is, uh, Nate's absent today. He's actually going to be a part of our big game breakdown, the five ranked games that we spoke about. So that's just going to be, um, Xander and Nate. But, uh, me and Xander are back uh, today for the rest of the podcast. Thanks for giving us a listen. Twitter, we're at AxePix. TikTok, we're at AxePix1. Um, it's good to be back. I I know everyone around the country who's a college football fan is saying this, but wow, it's like we're, we're in week 11 now. Are you kidding me? That's insane. I know. It's really sad. Brought it up in like week two. Didn't even think it was close, but... Now it's all here. Ugh. Yeah. I, I can remember Ohio versus San Diego State like it was <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> God. Ohio still should have won, but yep. Uh, yeah, but with that, we also get the girth of all the sweet rivalry games and what college football is really about. Yeah, man. This is when uh, this is when things absolutely start to intensify and heat up. There's, uh, the, there's several big games uh, this week. Again. I'll get on the table and say, man, I wish there was expanded playoffs this year, but there's not. I'm, I'm looking at Florida State still ranked at number four in the country, and I guess you can't take it away from them, I guess, because they beat LSU and they beat Clemson and they're 9-0, and but man, you just cannot get me on that on that train right now that Florida State is one of the best four teams in the country. I'm not buying. Wow, and that's pretty crazy, all three of us along. Because we talk about that a little in the big game segment coming up. So it's glad, or maybe not good, when all three of us are so aligned. But yeah, they. Uh, I was telling Nate, it feels like this team is comparable, not to the Cardiac Cats of TCU, or Horn Frogs of last year, uh, Cincinnati team. Sure. That's just like, has the perfect schedule to get them undefeated that the committee almost can't leave them out. And expect them to be like two touchdown dogs against any of the top three teams. Right. I am hoping that Miami beats them this weekend, yeah. to be completely honest, because I don't want to see them there. I think uh, Texas, Alabama, Oregon, and Washington are all better than Florida State. That's just me. Have you uh, have you checked out the video of uh, the new Barstool office in Chicago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Interesting that they're just all there now. Yeah. Well, that fantasy factory would be fucking sick to have. Go to work every day in this yeah. golf simulator and basketball court. Oh, we have to talk about sports for like four hours, but right. write some blogs. Other than that, free reign. Luke Marzano said he saw PMT riding his bike oh. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Luke does live in Boys Town, so I imagine he'd see a lot of long-haired men riding bikes around there. Nice. <laughs> really zinged him. Um, man. 
congratulations to Phil and Mally for getting married last weekend in Kentucky. You and I were what a movie. We're there in Paducah. Um, yeah, great time, man. That was one of my top top three hangovers of the year <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, um, it was back and forth between liquor and beer, and that's always a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. I was like drinking liquor so fast, I was like, I gotta go back to the beers. Because I will be blacked out. Same. Same thing. This is too small of a wedding for me to be b- the blacked out guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't blend in with other people. So, yeah. I think where I uh, overpowered you is I didn't puff any cigar. Oh, right. So, cigar didn't put me down. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Those are the worst hangovers ever. What what time did you end up hitting the road the next morning? Because I know I technically went to bed, I think, about 3 a.m., but then with the with the time, with the uh, clock moving back, I think it was 2 a.m. Um, we got back um, right around halftime of the first game. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, we had to pick up our dog from daycare, and we got back to the, our apartment 10 minutes before kickoff. So oh, my gosh. It all worked out. But easily a top three hangover of the year. I was the baby monkey on a ventilator <laughs> all day. <laughs> oh, there was an all-time uh, just like fuck moment, though, the next day driving home. Uh, like we stopped for Sydney and Kurt to go to the bathroom. And I get a call from a Kentucky number. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It's the hotel. I'm like, oh. When I walked into our room, I was like. God, it fucking stinks in here because I was just letting all these terrible farts out all morning. And I was like, oh, are they going to charge me for, like, bombing the room? But no, Sydney left her car keys there. (laughs) And we're an hour and a half into the drive. I'm like, are you kidding me? One of those things where it's like, I asked her a hundred times, do you have everything? Do you have everything? We both had our keys, and both of our key set has both of our backup keys. So that's how her car started. And so she's like, yes, I have my keys. I know they're in here somewhere. And when that hotel agent told me that she found a key set, I was like, oh, my God. I, like, just did the ultimate uh, fingers on the on the temples, just like uh, hoosah. Yeah. Especially hungover. Yeah. Like almost home. Yeah. Almost home is right. Under under an hour stretch. We're in Tennessee. And I was just like, all right, fuck, I guess I have to drive up there tomorrow and get him. And uh, luckily, Phil was still in Paducah and snagged him. Oh, wow. It was the biggest clutch moment of the trip because... What a blessing. Oh, man. That would have been a brutal, like, three and a half hour round trip drive the next day. I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But overall, great time. Absolutely. Um, recap in the weekend. Um, I went five and six. Uh, shocker, zero and one on my lock. Um, that brings me to uh, three straight weekends of losing my lock. Six and four. I was always a fraud. <laughs> I said it early in the season that I was a fraud, and you know what? <laughs> it happens. I'm the 2022 Minnesota Vikings. Season record, though, still 47 wins, 33 losses, and one push. Uh, That's a great record, so I'm happy about that. But I'm definitely getting ready to eat my wings from uh, B-dubs, and um, yeah, should be a good time. Um, (laughs) Wins on the week. Last weekend, Ole Miss Moneyline. I had that. Georgia Tech, Virginia, over 55.5. Thank you, Nate, for that pick. Penn State, minus 8.5. I wish I would have made that one my lock. Oklahoma State plus six and a half, and then Washington minus two and a half 
Losers, Arizona State, Utah first half under. Air Force minus 17.5, never stood a chance. Air Force team total over 24.5, never stood a chance. Missouri versus Georgia, over 55.5, almost but not quite. ULM versus USM, over 56.5, loss. Oklahoma State team total over 27.5, I lose by the hook on that one. Um, So brutal. Yeah, brutal. I thought I was definitely going to win that one based on how the game was going and how quickly both teams were scoring right out of the gate. Um, well, like, put me to bed, am I right? Bedlam? Yeah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, we, you know, those were my official picks. You and I absolutely had a night uh, on Saturday night, just kind of, you know, firing with drinks in our system. <laughs> Nothing super irresponsible, at least on my end, I can say, for the record. It's not like I had any... Uh, drunk five unit plays or more or anything like that but we definitely were adding to the card um but yeah five and six on the week um got to watch quite a bit of ball given the circumstances of traveling to kentucky and uh having a wedding to go to but um yeah it was it was it was uh it was enjoyable i was happy to see oklahoma state beat oklahoma personally and that's really that's really all i got from my takeaways from from last weekend um you went ten and seven and one and zero on your lock. It brings your season record to one hundred and one wins. Congratulations, you passed the century mark. Thank you. Seventy five losses, two pushes. That's another fantastic record. Nine and one on your locks this season. That's amazing. Um, wow. Any takeaways or thoughts from your card last weekend? Yeah, um, it's getting harder every week to pick a lock, but I'm just happy to provide uh, you know plus eight units. On the lock side of things, mm-hmm. uh, you're betting a thousand dollars. You're getting you're up eight thousand on the season when yeah. you follow this guy in locks. Thanks. Uh, overall, I mean, it was a grind. Obviously, Ohio State covering boy it was not something that I saw the way they played. Uh, defense looked great again, but again, they're running fake punts inside their own thirty, which is just head scratching to say the least. It's like why put your defense in that position just makes them look bad from a statistical standpoint. Uh, other than that, uh, glad to be on, yeah, the night game. It's always uh, <laughs> shittier when you have like a 500-day going and your lock is like the 630 kick. Yeah. Which mine was Alabama LSU over. <laughs> and so just like uh, more nervous than anything about that. I will say about yours, it was – we talked about this in person uh, – I think you just got to let go and go back to your, your early days of just letting them rip off the hip. Because when you sent me your uh, Air Force was your lock, I knew that didn't feel that didn't feel right for me. You talked up that Penn State game so much I know. that you know you wanted to rip that. You've gotten into the overthinking stage. Mayor fired from the hip in college uh, football is what got him to 75% to start the first five weeks. So I'd love to see more of that this week. Yeah, good advice. I'll still take the overall season record. It's insane. Yeah, you're leading percentage by far in the overall season record. I I think you're very close to me. I think you and I are extremely close. But you're over 60%, and if you talk to any tout anywhere, over 60%, and we've got the receipts, that's... uh, that's HOF status for a full season of betting. Yeah, for sure. It's too bad I can't handicap the NFL like that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I don't get it. It's insane. Um, Nate, 
Nine and five week for him. I called it last week that he was going to have a, a, a great week. I wouldn't say nine and five. Nine and five is very good. I wouldn't say it's an elite level week, um, but it's excellent. Nine and five, one and zero on his lock. That brings the season record to five and three on the locks. Fifty six wins, fifty eight losses, one push on the year. So he's just about five hundred. Um, yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about the week ten takeaways, and uh, I know we always talk about Hall of Fade. Um, I'll I'll Hall of Fade myself here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna Hall of Fade myself. Mississippi State um, plus five and a half against Kentucky, and um, I, I just wrote down what the what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> I placed that bet, not even realizing that I was in Kentucky for a wedding. Yeah, and I didn't put two and two together until the game had already started. And I was like, shit, because at the reception, there was two TVs inside the reception and both TVs had the Mississippi state versus Kentucky game. <laughs> All Kentucky fans. All Kentucky fans. Right. We were in Paducah. Um, and Kentucky won 24 to three. That was a one unit play on my end. I placed the bet maybe 30 minutes before the game started just because I wanted some extra action and, um, and never ever stood a chance. So fading myself for taking Mississippi state at a Kentucky wedding. <laughs> How stupid of me. And, um, other than that, I would say Mississippi state makes my hall of fade. I think they were already on many people's hall of fade, but man, does that team stink. And, Miami, Hurricanes, I'm going to be cheering for you this weekend. I'm going to be pulling for you to beat Florida State. I might even bet you guys to cover and maybe even beat Florida State, but somehow they landed on this list of Hall of Fade as if they weren't already on some people's lists already. But you play NC State as four-and-a-half-point favorites or whatever the hell they were, and they lose 20-6. to six. I mean... What the hell is that? Yeah. So, those were my takeaways. <laughs> uh, my whole fade, I'm going to fade uh, all three of us for um, not sticking to uh, the Hall of Fade. Uh, because twice has Mario Cristobal and the Miami Hurricanes been on the Hall of Fade this season. Yeah. And somehow continue to bet them. Right. Uh, they made my card. And pathetically lost. They cannot stop turning the ball over. So, uh, yeah. I refuse to bet this team the rest of the year. Uh, should have done that earlier in I'm the bet- year. I'm betting them this week, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's I, fair. I need to see Florida State go down. Yeah. That's that's a betting with your heart. It is. Bet. Big time just betting with the heart. And the game is in Tallahassee, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then my other Hall of Fade is fading Louisville. Uh, covered easily again uh, against Virginia Tech. Uh, granted, we've said on this pod that Virginia Tech is a bad, bad football team. Uh, I think the ACC is in a uh, one of their worst years in the last 20 years Definitely. overall yeah. as a conference. Yeah. But you can't blame teams that just uh, rise to the top. And North Carolina had that opportunity. They've blown it over the last three weeks. And Louisville did not. Uh, still sitting strong at eight and one, so I'm done fading Louisville until further notice. Doesn't mean I'll blindly bet them, but uh, they've officially made the radar of contenders uh, in my book. Yeah. Do you think if it, do you think if this year was the expanded twelve team playoff format that Louisville would very much be alive to get in? 
Yeah. Or no? Yeah, absolutely. I don't see how how they couldn't. I agree. Especially, uh, yeah. I don't. The only thing that uh, I would scratch my head at is when we get into these at large, they're not going to just rank these teams um, as they are doing right now. Like this year, you can't let two ACC teams in. So it would be whoever won that uh, ACC tournament or ACC uh, sure final. Sure, I get it. That would be my only uh, pushback. Uh, yeah. And other than that, I think we're, I think we can finally put to rest. We made it 10 weeks, 11 weeks if you count week zero. Colorado dream and betting on Colorado is officially done. Oh, yeah. The offense was nowhere to be found against a suspect Oregon State defense. And if they can't find their offense, that team is one of the worst in the entire country. So I was listening to the part of my take earlier today. Colorado, they, they let go of their offensive coordinator before yeah. that game? Yeah. Pat Shermer took over. Pat Shermer took over? Yeah. Had had he been on the staff yeah. all season? Yeah. And just in, in a different role? Yeah, he was an analyst. like a He wasn't a technical uh, hired staff, so they had to let someone go in order to bring on Shermer. What do you think it was there? Because they didn't really talk about that. When I say they, I mean the podcast, part of my take. Do you think like Dion and the OC like had a falling out or something? I don't know. I think you could look at that. You could look at they never even once could establish a run. So play calling to free up the run. It seemed like a lot of points early in the season. Uh, Shador was able to improvise. So when you have a, a quarterback that can do that, usually means the play that was originally called was snuffed out. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that extends the play then makes the OC look good, even though nothing worked on the initial uh, call. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things also where they're like, let's bring in a, a tenured NFL vet for uh, we're about to dive in deep to transfer sure. season. Right. So that's probably probably why. Honest thoughts on Caleb Williams crying <laughs> with his mom. After the game. I don't mind that. I don't mind that stuff. As much as a curmudgeon as I might come off, uh, I actually like that more. That does seem passionate. Um, He knows his entire college career is over. Uh, All that bullshit that he might not go for whatever team. It's like that comes out every single year from every number one overall quarterback. The only coward that ever did it was that mouth-breathing Eli Manning refused to go to San Diego. <laughs> and uh, But no, it's a tough way to lose. I mean, especially when he's looked like very – his arm is incredible. It's elite, elite arm talent. His defense just cannot, cannot buy him a bucket. No. It's insane. Not at all. One of the worst, like maybe one of the worst defenses ever. Like that's how bad we're talking this defense is. So I I don't mind that. It's a nice moment that actually shows some emotion from someone I've called out from being a big timer. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's a little weird. However, I am with you. At least it shows that he really cares about winning. And yeah, yeah. So I I like that part of it. All right. So uh, this week we had to uh, skip our usual uh, draft segment. Uh, that we do for fun um, because of conflicting schedules amongst us three. So now we're going to get into the big game breakdown between Nate and Xander. <laughs> 
Hey, Nate, good to see you again. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Unfamiliar face. <laughs> no, obviously. I'm glad to be here. Obviously, there were some scheduling issues, but we still wanted to cover some big games, Nate and I. Him and I are going to go back and forth. Anything you'd like to mention top of mind that you want everyone to know before we dive into the big games? No, nothing nothing too crazy. I think this weekend was a pretty fun one for, for college. Um, Betting-wise, for me, it went really well, so I was happy with that. Um, a lot of overs, a lot of, I would say a lot of teams that I thought that were at like that three line, I thought they would pull away. Evidently they did. I was a little surprised. The only thing that I was a little surprised about on Tuesday when the rankings came out, I was a little surprised Georgia didn't jump to one, but I'm not that surprised. I think I'm sure if they take care of business with oldness, I'm sure that's just how it'll go. Um, but yeah, no, nothing crazy. I'm glad Washington dodgeball with USC. That would have thrown a wrench in everything. So I'm extremely happy that that went down. Um, you know, Michigan State, you got you to gotta just see the program turn around. So I'm happy about that, too. I, I posed this question to Mayor earlier, as everyone will hear. But do you think that it's shaping up um, now that Michigan is entering their actual schedule, that they're actually looking to get a Michigan-Ohio State 1v2 where Michigan would actually jump Georgia? Um, are you saying – now, I will say if Georgia somehow loses this, then, you know, well, yeah. Josh knows where they, where they, where they fall. In that case, you'll probably get one and two, which would be pretty epic. And, and that's what I'm saying is if they keep Ohio State at that one mark, even with a loss to Michigan, it, it all depends on like that Big Ten championship, how much they punish with them. We've seen in the past, like it's hold people back. We've seen in the past where it hasn't held people back. Um, because what that means is Michigan does have to go play another game, even though, the Big Ten West is just horrific, but you just never know. It, when when you get a just a more of a well coached team and, and you're playing competent ball because you're in the Big Ten Championship, even though you're on the West side, I think it still kind of poses a threat. Even with Purdue, um, a couple of years ago, I think everyone thought that wasn't going to be a game. Purdue is a little bit better than than imagined there, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it, but I do think that Ohio State and Michigan are both. I think they're both a top six team. No matter how many times you slice it open based on like strength of schedule or not, I think just by viewing these teams, you can clearly see they stand out from the rest. Yeah. It's going to be interesting in the future how, uh, if the conference adapts to the potential Ohio State, Michigan, Big Ten championship, that would be nuts. Those teams playing, uh, playing each other twice in one season. I mean, I think the fan base would explode on either side and then God forbid I, each I, side wins and. You've got one and one on the season going into the playoff 12 team. Yeah. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I just don't really want to see Florida State in the championship. I just, I, I, I totally understand they're undefeated, but I just feel like, I don't know, man, that after they got through LSU, it's been pretty easy for them to walk through here. So you can just say that as well. They play Miami this week. I wish it was at Miami. Maybe it'd be, you know, a game, but I think that's one that I'll keep my eyes on. You know what it kind of reminds me of, even though they're in the ACC? Like they've been so unimpressive and they've just stuck undefeated. Obviously you can look back. They're not as, uh, like cardiac kids as TCU, but I relate this. If Florida state gets in, it, it would be related to a Cincinnati. Like that's how bad the ACC is this year and like how overwhelmed they'd be with any of the current top three or even Washington. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah. I agree with you. Like that, I don't want to see Florida State and need someone to beat them. So we just kind of kick them to the side. They're the only thorn really between like a really good playoff. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't know. It's tough as 
Mayor already said, like, this would be a great year for the 12th team. I think it would. Like, I think Alabama is, has really kind of regained their steam there. I think they're, you know, a top team as well. I think Old Miss is very underrated. I think that'd be a great matchup for Florida State, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, all Florida State's got left is, let's see, it's home against Miami and then it's at Florida. And I don't really believe in Florida. So <laughs> it might be undefeated going into the ACC. And then I think they would play Louisville. And I don't know if a loss to Louisville keeps you out, but we'll see if you're the fourth seed. It probably does, but yeah, chaos. All right. Well, uh, we talked about them a lot. So let's just jump right in, huh? Starts their season today. Number three, Michigan at number now 10, Penn State. Uh, Penn State, a four and a half point home dog over under set at 45 and a half. That kickoff is at 11 a.m. in Happy Valley. What do you got for me, kid? Yeah. So I think Michigan's dodging a little bit of a bullet that these aren't back to back, uh, games like they have Maryland on deck. We've all seen Maryland kind of slip. I wish Maryland kept it up a little bit. Um, maybe this would make a, a strong three three games here in a row. Uh, obviously, we saw Penn State at Ohio State. Penn State at home is a little bit different team than uh, being on the road there, especially when you're playing at either Michigan or Ohio State. Uh, Drew Aller, <laughs> we've, we've seen it. Uh, it hasn't really been impressive, but he's a young kid still trying to learn. Um, J.J. McCarthy sits at the top of the Heisman odds list still, I believe. Um, and I mean, Michigan's really just kind of taking care of business here. Um, I know that there's been a lot of um, backlash and stuff like that. I don't really know if that's really affected this team um, all that much. I don't know if that's really been on their mind. Uh, it's just more of keep our head down and then maybe next year we'll get, you know, disciplined and fuck, you can transfer if you want to. Who knows? But that being said, um, I did already place Michigan. I took, uh, I think, first thing when I uh, woke up on Sunday is I saw that that line was, I think it was right at like three or something like that is what it opened at or something along those lines. And I just took Michigan, I think like minus 180 on the money line, just because personally, I don't think there's a way that we, that they lose this game. I just think that Michigan will score too many points for Penn State to keep up. And I think Michigan's defense is good enough to, um, give the same problems Ohio State gave Drew Aller and them. If you actually go look at that, like the yards gained by Penn State, it was, it was very, it was very disappointing, especially for me being on Penn State that game. You know, Penn State had the punt, muffed punt, gave him good field position. Um, you know, like I said, the strip sack didn't necessarily go their way as well, but the well-oiled machine that you think Penn State would be is I'm just not seeing it personally, even though, you know, they are still at 10. So the defense is getting respected. Yeah. Uh, I will say though, you got to take that with a grain of salt. I mean, you had an 85 yard drive in absolute garbage time. Ohio State was just letting everything underneath and backup players in. So, I mean, the box score differential. Doesn't sell, tell the exact story there. Uh, anyway, a few notes. Uh, Penn State hopes to have Chop Robinson back this week, which is humongous. Obviously one of the best defensive ends in the entire country. Uh, and that is going to be, I mean, huge. It's going to be detrimental. And Penn State has the best run defense in the entire country in yards per rush, only allowing 1.8 yards per rush. Uh, surprisingly, uh, Michigan, 50th in the country in rush yards per game at uh, 167. And Penn State's number one and only allowing 55 yards per or per game. Uh, this is like, uh, what is it? Uh, immovable object meets an unstoppable force. Uh, I don't see this is uh, my brain already going to Michigan, Ohio State. 
this number at 45 and a half with two such stud defenses is like, how don't we take the under on 45 and a half? Uh, two teams that this would be the opposite of like an ugly Big Ten team or an ugly Big Ten game that's low scoring. It's like these are two very, very good football teams that are just not going to allow the huge chunk play. That's my only thought there. And the reason I say it's an indicator is that I also think with Ohio State having uh, the number one uh, defense in the country, that a similar over-under would be like this. So if this cruises over now, I would also just stash that away that anything mid-40s for Michigan-Ohio State might be an easy over-bet. Yeah, that's something. You know what's weird with Michigan this year is they have not been... They have not very, they have not been very run heavy. If you actually go look at Quorum's numbers, they're really just not that great. Uh, he yeah. like barely gets over 50 or 60 yards and they, they rarely use Donovan Edwards. He gets, you know, maybe like five to 10 carries per game, but his numbers aren't great either. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's legitimately been the past show from JJ McCarthy. Um, I think I just looked 18 touchdowns, three picks so far, hasn't thrown a pick in the last five games, but. Then again, how much are you throwing? You know, I'm looking at the attempts here. It seems like defense is just really setting them up for for shorter fields here. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, before you go, like they're 110th in the entire country in passes per game at 26 passes per game. So they're not even needing to throw it. Like they're they're getting they're 50th in the country in pass yards. Uh, so I mean, they're obviously getting some chunk plays, but. Michigan is number six in the country in turnover margin, and Penn State is number one in the country in turnover margin. So two defenses that obviously uh, create plus field positions, like you were just saying. How is it not the under? I just I'm looking at 45 and a half, and that's humongous. If these defenses are that good, yeah. The only thing that the only thing that kind of worries me is like Harbaugh and, and and Michigan. They 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 just like kind of enjoy running it up, especially on these people. Like my coworker here, uh, that likes to say their schedule is soft. So it's like, does Michigan really come out and try to put a number on Penn State? Like, I felt like the Ohio State and Penn, ga- Penn, ga- Penn State game was very conservative. Both teams just wanted to win and get out. And, and Ohio State did a great job. Like the minute they got up, you could tell they they tried to, um, you know, be more established with the run, um, be a little selective with their their crossing routes and stuff like that, which is high percentage passing uh, yeah. throws, which is what you have to do. With Michigan and J.J. McCarthy, they do tend to take more shots downfield, but I do think Penn State's a legit defense. I think they're amazing defense. If you put that defense on any of like the top six currently, and like I said, I, Ohio State's defense has my respect and so does Michigan's, but if you put that same defense, let's say like on Old Miss, I would argue it'd be like a top four team as well. So I, I'm thoroughly impressed. Um, my issue is, yeah, it's just Drew Aller, and I actually don't think like, Penn State's running backs are all that great. I think it's Singleton. I think he's got some juice, but it doesn't seem like he's really he's getting hit within like the first two or three yards. So it's I don't really see big plays happening either. Um, I love the under. I really do love the under. I think I think this could be ugly. If this that shapes anything like the Ohio State game, which it kind of looks like it's going to, then I, I would take that under as well. Uh only other thing that I will note before we move on is that uh like you mentioned before, hostile environment. Michigan hasn't been tested. So how will J.J. McCarthy react when we just talked about them having 110th uh, in the country in pass attempts if they are down, if they're behind uh, with a very, very loud crowd? Um, they haven't had 
their last hostile environment was the playoff. We all know how that ended. And then at Ohio State last year, the running backs really took the stage where J.J. McCarthy seemed very pedestrian uh, that entire game where, if you remember, Edwards had over 150 yards. Yeah, so uh, we will see. I don't think I'm going to make a play on the spread uh, right now. I think I'm just a little too biased. Uh, so I'm just going to stick with the under. I just think these are just two very well-coached defensive teams. Yeah, I like 45 and a half. I'm going to play that for sure. Okay, yeah. so next next up, uh, just unranked. Oh, no, Kentucky's ranked now uh, as of last night's. I believe they're 24th in the country. They're hosting number eight, Alabama. And Bama comes in as a 10 and a half uh, favorite on the road. That over-under is 48 and a half. Another 11 a.m. kickoff. What do we got here? Let's see. Right now, I'm not seeing them ranked, did they? I think in college football playoff, I believe. College football playoff. Maybe not. Um, they're they're right outside. Yeah. Not ranked. Yeah, and I mean, I they have three losses, three and three in the SEC. Um, big bounce back on Mississippi State. Mississippi State, I already said this is terrible. Just like our so atrocious bad. team. I don't even know how they beat <laughs> Arkansas, to be frank, but is what it is. Now, seven Alabama, three, though, how. yeah, seven to three, literally. Alabama has kind of been going through like a gauntlet these last couple of weeks, so very impressed with them. I think the win over LSU is very impressive as well. Um, you know, if you put that game at LSU – could be different. It seems a lot of uh, Alabama's big games are at home this year, so they lucked out there. Being at Kentucky, we've already seen this before with Florida, where I went on Florida here because I was kind of underestimating, you know, Ray Davis and the Kentucky atmosphere. Let's see what what, what do we got here spread wise right now. Is it like ten? 10? And a half. Yeah, ten and a half. Ten and a half. <sighs> Problem is, I hate Devin Larry, even though he kind of showed out against Tennessee. Um, I remember I took his passing yards and he hit it in like the first half, so he was like trying to. Tennessee's great against the run. He had to show something there. Um, personally, though, I think I think this Alabama team is really starting to turn a corner here. They have to stay on top of that side, so that way they can play Georgia or whoever tends to win uh, on that side. So I would I would lean it here with Alabama, thinking that Milrow has gained a lot of confidence. Um, Milrow is now willing to use his legs. Um, I think it's a pretty well-oiled machine too, as well. Yeah, uh, I guess the only thing that you can you can kind of look to, like you just said, they played three weeks in a row, and I think a bye week is in there at home. So it's been a while since they hit the road. Uh, it's 11 a.m. kick. So sometimes with these high-powered offenses, you love a good sleepy start um, that I would look towards maybe Kentucky first half plus six and a half as, as a play to get creative. Uh, because obviously Alabama, Milrow getting confident, more confident by week. Uh, is not a good recipe to keep up with, uh, blow for blow. Uh, when we look at, let's see, when we look at um, havoc for both these teams, we've talked a lot about how Bama allows quite a bit of havoc. Kentucky isn't bringing like pressure; they're not turning the ball over that well. So if they're allowing Milrow, whose only flaws are kind of speeding up his regression uh, and forcing things that might not be there. Tough to side with this this home dog. You hate to go back-to-back road favorites in like more marquee matchups, but nothing's really showing that Kentucky is trending. You know, Before they beat a very bad Mississippi State team, they were on a three-game slot. None of those games were particularly close with uh, Georgia, Missouri, and Tennessee all handling business pretty, pretty easily, to be honest. 
when I look at 48 and a half, the only way I see that going under is if this game's close. So that would mean take the dog and the under, or if you like Bama, take the over. That's basically how I'm looking at this game. It seems like, so, so far, just looking at the schedule, it seems like if Kentucky's favored, they win and, and cover as well. But if they are yeah. not favored, they just get absolutely rolled here. So this, <laughs> this could just be a classic. Um, I'll compare it to like a Maryland. I think they beat the teams they should beat, and then they lose to all the teams that they shouldn't lose to. Or something along those lines, maybe like a Minnesota, if we're going to compare it to Big Ten. I I just think like Kentucky, if you're a Kentucky fan, I think you should be happy. Like, you, you know, I think the head coach might be out and moved on to a bigger and better job with better better payroll and, you know, being able to get better recruiting. But maybe Michigan State, I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> anyways, I just think Alabama is just right now on a different level. I don't hate the plus 10 and a half. I don't think that I'll get to the window with this. Um, at minus 10 and a half. I will say Alabama has 100% earned my respect back since losing to Texas. And that comeback on Tennessee as well, that second half, that was maybe the most dominant half of football I've seen in a while. It just like yeah. Tennessee had zero chance. And I mean, I think Tennessee is a very good team and they had zero chance in that second half. So uh, it just seems like Milrow, I don't know if this is a benching or an injury for that South Florida game or whatever happened. It, it does seem like maybe he's, He's starting to form into gear. And I don't think Milrow is going to be there. I think he'll probably transfer, and they'll probably move on to a more traditional Alabama quarterback. But, um, you know, we'll see. Last thing, Kentucky Kentucky spread and under getting the sharp money right now on Wednesday as we record this. So uh, actually surprised to see that. Obviously, Alabama is a huge, huge Joe public play every week. Uh, so uh, we'll see how that goes more towards the closing of the game. Uh, that's where the sharp money's landing right now. Okay, so next up, staying in the SEC, uh, we got 17, Tennessee, going to uh, number 12, Missouri. Uh, this game is basically a pick em. It's plus one for Missouri. That over-under is 58 and a half. This is your two, 230 game on CBS. How does Missouri react to back-to-back -back big games? At least they're back home. What did you get for this one? Yeah, so, well, let's bring up the your new college football playoffs. So you actually got UT at 13 and then Mizzou at 14. So this is a pretty big matchup. I'd argue this is one of the bigger games on the slate as well, you know, especially for Tennessee. Now, this is such a weird spot. You have Tennessee, you know, on that look-ahead game, going, uh, having Georgia on deck, and it is at home. So maybe that has them a little bit eased right now. And then you also have Missouri coming off of maybe – you know, kind of a letdown game, an emotional game with Georgia, which I think, you know, even if Mayer was on here right now, I think, you know, Missouri's earned all of our respect as well. I think they're a pretty yeah. legit team. I think they run the ball well. I think they pass the ball well. I think Brady Cook is just, you know, just good enough to be one of these top tier, you know, SEC quarterbacks. Um, you know, you put Brady Cook on, on Alabama, you just never know. Yeah, so UT blows out UConn. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, it's a really interesting spot between – uh, kind of that Georgia letdown and look ahead here. Uh, that being said, they did hold Georgia under 400 yards. So I thought that's pretty impressive if you're going to go against some people consider the number one team in the nation. Uh, they did put up 336 as well. Uh, I was looking at some of the box score stuff as well, as far as like my eye test as well. I thought Missouri held in there just fine. Um, they had two turnovers that killed them. You cannot turn the ball over if you're trying to do some type of massive upset alert, but you cannot lose the turnover battle two to zero. Um, now, UT, I'm, I'm about to blow your mind. UT has four away games once their season ends. So they have eight at home if you want to consider uh, Nissan Stadium home as well, which I would. That was a huge Tennessee crowd. They'll end up having four away games. 
and so far they are one yeah. and two away. So they've only they've only won one away, and they their two losses are to Florida and Alabama. So UT getting away from that home crowd and, and going on the road, typically not my cup of tea there, trying to put Joe Milton in a hostile environment. I think Mizzou has a great crowd. I think we saw Kansas State in this exact same situation, um, you know, earlier in the season going to Mizzou, thinking that they can come in there and roll them. Obviously, me and I'm not sure if you're on Kansas State as well, but that broke my heart. Um, yeah. Mizzou, Mizzou is 5-0 and or 5-1 and at home. Uh, the only loss is to LSU, which once again, we both had eyeballs on. I thought Mizzou looked good in that game too. They just kind of put their they, they took their foot off the pedal there, um, and the scoring kind of you know shied away in the second half. Uh, but for me personally, I think this is a great spot for Mizzou. Um, I think Mizzou at home. It's a pick 'em right now. I think it's maybe Mizzou plus one. I'm just going to take Mizzou money line. If I had to lean away on over under, I actually would lean under because Tennessee has three sixty as far as what type of team they are. Um, they're a little bit more run heavy. They're really good on the defensive end as well. You know, I think Missouri's stout on the defensive run. So 58 and a half is way too high. But personally, I'm just going to take Mizzou money line. And I personally think they're just the better team. Yeah, I mean, everything very good point. Uh, I'm on the over in this game. Uh, Sharp money's on the under. But here's why. You get a Missouri defense that hasn't been that impressive. I mean, uh, on the passing end, that is. And um, coming off one of the biggest games of all these kids' careers, uh, to end the way it did was just brutal. And I think the letdown spot is just uh, going to be made up in points. Both these teams fare pretty well in the turnover margin, but both teams are in the bottom 20 in the entire country. Uh, Tennessee at 127 and Missouri at 120 in penalties per play and then penalties per game as well. So, that usually means you're extending drives. You're not getting off the field. Uh, you're hurting field position. Uh, Missouri has shown that they can they can move that ball. They can slang that thing. Tenth in the country in yards per pass. Top twenty in the country in passing yards per game. They're top twenty in the country in uh, interceptions uh, thrown percentage on passes. So that just means uh, that only one point five percent of passes attempts are being intercepted by Missouri. That's one of the best in the country. Uh, so for those reasons, uh, Missouri's still perfect in the red zone scoring. Uh, obviously, you can't be perfect, so that's number one in the country. Tennessee, as we've talked about before, one of the fastest-paced offenses in all of the country. I just don't think that either of these teams are going to wake up and play defense. I like 58.5, and, and I see that number going up, even though sharp money is early on the under. Yeah, it- <laughs> It sounds so weird because Tennessee does move so fast, and yet they're the reason why this would go under. I think Missouri would be the reason. If you think Missouri could win, then totally understand if you would lean the over just because their games have been virtually shootouts for the most part. The yeah. reason why I, I kind of lean the under is because Tennessee had a very similar game with A&M um, a couple weeks ago, and that ended 20-13. to 13. And the reason why I say it's very similar is because A&M just played Old Miss. I would say Ole Miss moves just as fast as Tennessee and has probably similar offensive stats. Maybe Ole Miss is a little bit better offensively. And that game just happened last week, and that went way over. So that's what I mean by it. It's like Tennessee almost like mucks these games up lately. I don't know why. I wish it was last year. I loved when it was you know 40s, 50s, and 60s every game. I would just constantly take overs. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, Missouri's a well-oiled machine. They have big plays. So if Tennessee's down, they're just going to have to put the uh, pedal on the uh, – the gas pedal down so 
Yeah. All, and then last thing, although Missouri's season might be over uh, playoff-wise, uh, I think they've definitely had this num- this uh, game circled on the schedule. Last two years, they've been flat-out embarrassed. 66-24 last year, 62-24 the year before that. Uh, and then the two years before that, Tennessee beat them as well. So it's been five years since Missouri uh, beat this Tennessee team. Uh, so you know when a full class goes through and hasn't beat a team, it's sometimes it just mm-hmm. means more. Yeah. Yep. So next up, we're out of the SEC, and we are into the Pac-12, where Utah, number 18, meets number five, Washington. Washington, nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Over under 54. This is another 230 kickoff on Fox. This game, you go ahead and then I have, I have my thoughts because <laughs> this is a completely different game if it's flipped on which which field it's played on. Yeah, totally understandable. Um, I will give Utah a good a good pat on the back, good bounce back. Uh, they put up 51 points. They blow out ASU, even though ASU, we all, you know, for some reason, ASU has been one of the trickier teams to to kind of look at this year because you just never know what type of effort level you're going to get from them. Uh, but it's yeah. good to get Bryson Barnes. I think they ran for over 300 yards. Yeah, I have it right here. The offense 350. Put up over fi- yeah, three, 352 and then over 500 total yards. So I think that's a confidence builder. Uh, you do have to get up after losing to Oregon and virtually just kind of being embarrassed. But you already know how I feel about Oregon. I think they're a legit uh, top four team. I think they should be in there right now. But obviously they have to do some – them damage and, and potentially even win out, which that's my worry. You know, do they, if they win out, do they kind of jump, you know, Florida State? But realistically, they probably jump the loser of, of Penn State or, or Michigan. But I'm just, it's so hard to tell kind of what's going to go on there. Um, anyways, yeah, Washington, um, you know, Washington, another scare. Uh, I was on Washington minus three and I was getting aggravated right at the beginning. Like it was constantly, we were not stopping USC. You let up, um, you know, 515 yards to USC. They have now let up another 30-plus point game over these last couple games. So I'm a little worried about Washington. Uh, I'm glad to see Penix back, and and he kind of looked off. He looked a little hurt. I'm not sure. Once again, he took that huge ribcage shot um, in one of those earlier past games. So glad to see him back. Now Utah, defensively, they're 900 or they're 93rd against the pass, and then nine against the run. So that's my only worry here is Washington, they're not going to run it. They simply are going to pass it. So to be closer towards that 100th mark as far as uh, Utah defense goes does give me some wary. Um, but I, personally for me, and I know you probably lean the Washington way, which which is what you were kind of just alluding to there, I personally think Utah is on serious upset alert. Yeah, I agree. You know, all your, all your cliches, defense travels, Washington has just been letting teams hang around and we've watched too much college football to not understand that when you just let teams hang around, you just the ball is finally going to drop in the opposite direction one of these weeks. Uh, what TCU did last year was literally the biggest like anomaly. Yeah, I mean, their defense is just not impressive. And this is by far going to be the best defense that they've faced when you talk about true like defensive presence on the field. Uh, Washington has had Utah's number winning for the last five head-to-head matchups. I don't know, man. Nine and a half, seem, get to ten. I see I see this game going under more than anything. Utah does have the eighth 
best defensive havoc in the entire country, and Washington has the 120th best defensive havoc in the country. Uh, and when you have such a huge disparity like that, you just wonder if sometimes you know the the boys that have more grit that don't need to touch the ball, like those defensive linemen front seven, uh, getting all pushed around really hurt a mm-hmm. uh, a number that's like minus ten. Yeah, it, I mean sharp like money said, on under and sharp money on uh, Washington actually minus nine and a half. Um, my only worry with the under is this is this number is the ex- at fifty one and a half. It's the exact same number that Utah had at USC, and that total went to and that game was sixty six total points. Because I do think that Utah can move the ball. It's just I seriously think Oregon's a pretty good team. I think they're better defensively than or or than than Washington and USC probably combined. To be honest, and it's just so weird because Oregon lost at Washington, but that's such a tough place to win at, and they should have won just with you know four more yards or something along those lines. So I am worried about that under because if Washington is getting tested, they have no choice than just start kind of chucking it down the field. But if Utah is just going to be run heavy then and, and churn first downs and maybe that's how you get to that under um but yeah i think i think just you i just think defense travels here i think they get one more stop than washington can get you know i think i think it's over for michael Penix there and they have at oregon state next so they definitely got a lot to deal with yeah uh that line has uh, on monday it was 54 and a half so i imagine that's going to be bought up again already moving a full field goal might take the uh, utah team total Cheesh. So that's going to be right around three touchdowns, probably right at 21. Yeah, maybe I can get it at 20 and a half. But yeah, probably something along those lines. I mean, Washington let up 42 to Cal or something like that. So (laughs) how could you not let up 21 to Utah? Um, Yeah, I don't know. Washington has one game plan. Same game plan as USC. They just do it a lot better. Can we just outscore you? So yeah, and if we're going to both be on the same side uh, to play the devil's advocate, that is the other thing is if Utah secondary doesn't show up, this will be an absolute ass-kicking because Penix will pick them apart, and they do not have the firepower to get in a shootout with any team in the country, Utah, that is. So if you believe in Penix and this uh, air raid, yeah, I mean, don't don't be scared by more than a touchdown favorite because Utah doesn't have the offense to, to even think about competing in that type of environment. All right. And what do you know? We're back in the SEC now. One of the bigger games, if not the biggest game of the entire week, number eight, eight or nine, eight, Ole Miss at number two, Georgia Bulldogs. Bulldogs minus 10 and a half at home. Over-unders, 58 and a half. What do you got for me, Nick? Yeah, this is uh, safe to say this is Ole Miss's championship game right here. They they won oh, this game, I think. Yeah, they win this game. They have ULM and Mississippi State, so they would end up uh, the season eleven and one. Um, the only downside is they would need an Alabama loss. They'd probably need Alabama to lose twice to make the SEC championship game. So they're probably outside looking in. But this would be extremely uh, impressive, especially sitting there already at nine. Maybe they just need a, a few different shakeups at the top to maybe slip into that four seed. And I really think they'd be a very dangerous force, seed, to be quite frank. You know, like I said, they go as as quick as the uh, game flow goes. So if Georgia coming off an emotional win with uh, with Missouri, you know, they uh, are wiping the sweat off their forehead, then they could be coming in here uh, maybe a little bit slower legs. Now, Georgia has, mis- has tennis at Tennessee on deck. So I don't know if Georgia necessarily is thinking about that, but to go to, to Knoxville is not going to be an easy test either. So... 
Georgia is definitely running their gauntlet right now. Um, if they get through this high praise, they'll be the number one seed again. Uh, they'll probably be the favorite to, to win it all pretty heavily once it's uh, fully set. So I personally, um, what do we got? What is it, 10 right now? Is that what you said? Ten and a half. Yeah, ten, ten and, and a half. half. That's so gross. I know. That's so tough because I, re- I, I really do like Jackson Dart in a way, but it's just like Jackson Dart against, you know, legitimately, you know, like probably seven NFL guys on a defensive end um, does always <laughs> kind of scare me a little bit. Um, but that being said, this is going to be just kind of a, a sit and watch for me. Um, I, I just don't think I'll be able to get to the window there. Maybe the over, maybe, but even then, I, I don't really love it. Yeah, surprisingly, this team, these two teams don't meet very often. Their last matchup was in 2016, uh, where Old Miss ran away, but obviously we've got a whole lot of new shit that's happened since then. Uh, the total, uh, all the sharp money is on the under, and all the Joe money is on the over, uh, and then all the sharp money is on... Old Miss plus ten and a half. All that Joe money, obviously coming in on Georgia. I mean, how could you not bet a team that's won twenty six in a row? But man, I bet um, to start the season, Georgia was not expecting uh, this end of the season where Missouri was going to be uh, a big contender. Just adding to that slate, making it uh, three games in a row to end the season. And the other, the other point that you made. So yeah they're pretty much fucked against Bama because Bama's only losses outside the conference. However, if Bama drops another one, that gets rid of Bama from the playoff contention. And Old Miss can be in a very, very good position uh, sitting there beating Georgia uh, and having Georgia and Bama just battle it out in the SEC title that if somehow Bama beats Georgia, all of a sudden Old Miss is in as the SEC representative. There's... There's a lot of potential for chaos when we talk about um, certain situations because Mississippi has to beat Georgia first. And the last time we saw them in a truly big game, they looked pitiful against Alabama. I mean, that was a fucking beatdown. Georgia has flown under the radar of just racking up all these yards. Uh, obviously, they're in a similar uh, situation to Michigan. Uh, Georgia's got the number 90 ranked schedule in the entire country. So they really haven't played anyone either. Their non-conference was pitiful. Um, outside of Missouri, they haven't played anyone in the SEC. They had that scare with Auburn, but that was on the road. Um, so getting these games at home is obviously a little bit better when we talk about uh, favorable matchups in the SEC, especially under the lights. Man, when I look at this game, I see I just feel like a sucker doing it. But sharp money seems to be backing me up. I see this being a close game. Georgia could win by two scores, but I see that under. Man, last week we bet all overs, and then this week I've already, I think, called out three unders. The fuck is wrong with me? (laughs) I see under 58.5. Just something feels right about that because Old Miss, they're not going to be able to tear up this defense. I like the under. Yeah, no, I think these ranked-on-ranked teams, like these highly ranked-on-ranked teams, those games have been going under. It's because, you know, just it's – I always compare it to like a UFC fight. When you have two guys that are very good in their class, they have mad respect for each other. So they always like take the first two, you know, round and a half to feel each other out. So I think that could be yeah. very similar. That's it's just how it happened with Ohio State and Penn State. That's how it will probably happen with Ole Miss Georgia. I think that could happen kind of with this Michigan game as well. 
and so forth. So it, it kind of happened with Michigan and Ohio State at, at first last year as well. And then all of a sudden, J.J. McCarthy's just like throwing bombs because they're just wide open. But I, I think that the under would be a would be my play. Obviously, we I had the over against Texas A&M. And I simply, that was just because Texas A&M. Um, yeah. But this case here, um, I think, what did, uh, so they ended up at 51 with Mizzou and you're leaning Mizzou over. So for this to be at like 58, and I would say Mizzou and Ole Miss are very similar as far as like offensive speed and explosiveness. So I don't hate it. If we're talking about uh, getting in the mud and finding an ugly bet, you look for a guy like Lane. He understands that the longer Georgia stays in this, tougher the environment is going to get. He knows that you got to come out and you got to quiet the crowd right away to win a night game on the road in the SEC. I look at plus three and a half Ole Miss first quarter to have a very, very tight game script the first first 15 plays. I like to see these boys pin their ears back and give Georgia everything they got in that first mm-hmm. round. So I'm probably going to play Ole Miss plus three and a half first quarter as an ugly bet. And then just like the Tennessee-Alabama game, doesn't matter what happens the rest of the game. If Georgia comes back and smokes them, hey, we had that It'll first quarter and we cashed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I guess another uh, way towards uh, the under, even though it's not what you're giving out here, uh, the Ole Miss-Alabama game was, what, 24-10? Uh, so that was, like, severely under. So it definitely can be shown that that uh, Judkins and Dart can be stopped. So Cool. All right, and then we made this uh, call <laughs> right before we hopped on. Uh, obviously not one of the biggest games on paper, uh, but to this podcast, it means the world. Uh, we've got unranked Michigan State going to the number one team in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes at the Horseshoe. <laughs> Man, this spread is 31 and a half, and the total is 47. So that means Michigan State's team total is like six and a half. Ugh. All right, bud. I, I mean, tough. I know you're – I know you – this is like an army situation of can Michigan State. Yeah, but that works out well. So maybe that's what will happen. Oh, I know. I know. Um, yeah. So me and Mayor were talking about that Levitt guy for a little bit, but they went back to Kaden Hauser for the Nebraska game. I knew it would be a gross game. Sucks because not often do I go against my team, but of course I gave out Nebraska. Um, just It just didn't work out. They had 148 rushing yards. You know, Michigan State only had 63, but. A uh, couple turnovers, a couple field position plays there. That's why Michigan State ended up uh, winning that game. But to be honest, I actually think that total is just too high. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say like take Michigan State uh, team total over or under or anything like that. I just think this could just be kind of a uh, Ohio State just taking care of business and then uh, letting Michigan State get out of town. I do think that spread's a little too big. I, Michigan State's kind of been in a couple different games throughout the year, you know, and they just end up kind of shitting themselves in that fourth quarter, but they've been in a lot of single-digit spread games. So this is the first game where it's been like 20s, 30s, so I don't necessarily know how to react. You know, Kaden Hauser's a young prospect. Uh, he was highly touted. You need wide receivers to throw it to as well. Uh, I don't know if Trey Mosley will be open yeah. all that much with this Ohio State defense. Um, so the only way really Michigan State's scoring is, is once again, kind of shorter fields or a mishap on Kyle McCord. And I texted you last week, too, and I was just like, Kyle McCord stink. And uh, you almost agreed with me. So I'm not sure that there's going to be a lot going on here. I could see Ohio State just trying to be a little bit more run-heavy at this game, maybe get up 14-0 quick and then kind of uh, turn on the uh, 
coast engines. But yeah, I'd probably lean under there. I think that's a little too high. Yeah. I mean, when you look at this Michigan State on paper, you'd think it was a MAC team. 115th in, in rush yards per game. 87th in like pass yards per game. Uh, no, let's take it easy now. Uh, and then 108th in completion percentage, just under 56, which is not going to cut it when you are facing the number one pass defense in the entire country. Uh, Michigan, or I'm sorry, Ohio State's run defense isn't as elite as their pass defense. So if Michigan State does want to milk this clock, yeah. Uh, the only thing I'm going to be pushing back on now, uh, and this is more of a perception, it has less to do with uh, what we see in the numbers, and it has more to do with what the coaches are now faced against. So when we get into the two big dogs, Michigan, Ohio State, they're now entering the point in the schedule where they're playing similar opponents. So when you see, um, you know, Michigan was 27-point favorite at Michigan State, they won 42 nothing, 49 nothing, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, you're yeah, I wanted to, I want to say that. I want to say Michigan scored like with like seconds left to go over that total. Yeah, you're right. Yep. And uh, when you're a house state coach, you can't just beat a team you're favored by 30 uh, with like a 20 to nothing win, uh, unless you like hold Michigan State to like under 100 yards or something crazy that you're shut out. Uh, you need to look impressive on both sides of the ball because the voters are now taking that into account. Uh, and especially if Michigan beats Penn State and looks even better than uh, you as Ohio State looked, uh, they'll definitely be keeping an eye on how that game turns out to maybe how they push this ball. They're going to – I mean, you said it. I agree. Uh, he, he does not look good. He looks like a statue, uh, him being Kyle McCord. So this might be a game where they uh, – a get-right game as well, where they open up the playbook at home, first night game at home in a while. So, man, I don't have a play on this yet as we're sitting here talking about it Wednesday. Um, I don't mind because I'm FanDuel. I just looked it up. I don't mind Michigan State over six and a half. It's just so disrespectful. Ohio State has been careless with the ball at times. Once again, this past week, they did a fucking fake punt on their own 30. Tried to run the punter this time. It wasn't an up back. And Rutgers got the ball and immediately scored. So you can't just be giving opponents away no matter how inferior you think the opponent is you can't just give them the ball right outside the red zone so we'll see about that michigan state over team total has my my interest and that over then as well Uh, because if michigan state has seven or ten i think ohio state clears 42 this game so 47 46 and a half it's too low for me yeah probably take michigan state on the money line but yeah (laughs) now that would be that would be the second biggest upset of all time Behind, uh, every time, uh, every time I look up on the third uh, in the third quarter, Ohio State's like tied. <laughs> it happened in two games this year, and you just all of a sudden Ohio State's only played Maryland and Rutgers in your mind. <laughs> hey, uh, I would say other happened with Notre I mean, Dame. No, Notre Dame, Maryland, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Penn State. I say all five games this year. Not I, I look up and I go, "What's going on?" But not Wisconsin. They still cover. They covered against Rutgers. Covered well, pushed against Wisconsin. Pushed against Notre I don't Dame. Know. Jeez. That's this is exactly what I did with the Michigan game. I watched like the first oh my I probably watched the first quarter and a half and then I you know I think it was like maybe 28 0 and it's just like sometimes you can only just beat a dead dog so much. So I had to uh <laughs> save my eyesight that day. Yeah, I think Michigan State's really just trying to get out of the season healthy with everyone that they can uh kind of rebuild for next season, hit the transfer portal, obviously bring in a bigger name for a coach, whether it be Mike Stoops or whoever. 
yeah, so I don't think you're going to get your Stanford USC upset. Any other final thoughts before we kind of wrap up here? No, pleasure to be on here. Uh, for those listening, I'm sorry that some of this is going to be breaking up. Uh, so you're probably not going to see me on the rest of these segments here, but I'll make sure to send Xander my best bets and uh, we'll go from there. Great, dude. And we'll be happy to have you back next week in, in full form. And since we <laughs> missed a draft this week, we'll have, we're going to have a banger of a Thanksgiving draft next week for the season, holiday season. That sounds great. All right, later, buddy. See ya. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching those games. Did you have any follow-up questions for me since I wasn't able to partake this week? Yeah, so obviously a humongous slate this week. Two teams are finally going to get uh, a challenge. Uh, we didn't see Missouri being a good opponent preseason of the schedule, so Georgia got a little bit of a, a taste of that last week. But Georgia comes in with the 90th uh, strength of schedule, and Michigan has like the 110th uh, hardest strength schedule coming into this week. Uh, so we, we, we talked a little bit about that, and I asked Nate, uh, which I mentioned I'd ask to you, is do you think the committee is, is lining up um, Georgia and Ohio, or Michigan to jump Georgia, uh, where Michigan is playing their two hardest games in the last three weeks to possibly line up Michigan and Ohio State getting in because they look clearly uh, better than any four through seven team. And then Georgia's just kind of automatically in no matter what happens, how the chips fall. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Because if Michigan is able to beat Penn State this weekend and then beat Ohio State, if that's what, if that's what the narrative we're talking about. Yeah. Georgia definitely – well, I don't know if they definitely have a weaker schedule. I don't know. That's actually a good question because Georgia plays Ole Miss, who's currently ranked 10th in the nation, and then they play Tennessee. Is that next week? At Tennessee next week. At Tennessee. And then if Georgia, assuming they make it to the SEC championship game, they would probably play Alabama. Is that right? Yeah, they're going to play Bama. So Ole Miss, Tennessee, Alabama to close your close your schedule. Is that Harder or easier than Michigan having to play Penn State on the road and then Ohio State? I don't know. It depends who you ask. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's definitely fair. Uh, and then we kind of dove in. Uh, you know, there was last week we really hammered the overs. This week, I personally love the unders. Uh, so any sides or anything about any game that stuck out to you uh, that you wanted to get off your chest? Um. Do you want to quickly touch on the Michigan versus Penn State game? I know you guys already talked about these games, so I don't want to go too no, please. too deep. But uh, I, you guys are both on Michigan to cover, right? Uh, I didn't take a side. I'm on the under. I like the under a lot. You're on the under? Yeah. Yeah. I, I A part of me wants to just take Penn State in the points. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if that's stupid. But this is a game that Penn, you know Penn State is really, 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 truly going to get up for. and. They're at home, and they got a great defense, and I can see some wacky shit happening in this game, especially with everything that's been happening in Michigan's program. I understand they're probably trying to put the blinders on and say we're just focused on football and they're trying to win a national championship, and that could all be true, but I just have a feeling Penn State's going to really hang around and possibly win on Saturday. That's just a feeling. <laughs> um, 
looking at here. Um, I, w- I want to take Missouri at home against Tennessee, just to, like initial gut reaction. I don't know what you guys thought of that one, but that was just a, a gut reaction there. Yeah, Nate Lewis, Missouri, and I'm I'm on the over. Um, I just think that Missouri's pass offense is too large, and, and Tennessee moves with a heavy pace. So I like the over. That is the only over I liked in all five of those. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. And then Alabama, they're only 10.5-point favorites against Kentucky. Am I seeing that right? Yeah. Yep. Man, that makes me want to take Alabama. And I know it's a sleepy 11 a.m. game if that's the narrative that you want to come at that game with. But I've seen enough Kentucky this year to know that they're a mid-team. They're mid. They're mid. Yeah. Bama is playing the best football that they've played all season long. Why would I want to take Kentucky and the points in that game? Just gut reaction. Yeah, that's so funny. I also use the word sleepy for the 11 a.m. start. Yeah. I said that's the only way Kentucky hangs around is a sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> sleepy start time. Uh, yeah. I, there's, I mean, we, you and I think alike on uh, a lot of these college games, so that's interesting. Sharp money is actually on Kentucky, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Yeah. That's 10 and a half. That hook, I think, is really drawing some money in. Kentucky beats the teams that they're supposed to beat, and then when they play at the step up in competition, they. They don't. They don't hang. Yeah. So that's how I see it. Yep. Anything out west that you like? Because that Utah Washington, I feel like if the field was switched, it would be like a pick 'em at Utah. It's nine and a half for Washington. Yeah, Utah has been a tough team for me to handicap all season long because I really didn't believe in their offense without the quarterback there. But them winning fifty-five to three surprised me on Saturday. I didn't think that was going to happen. And Washington is a team that. Man, I don't want to lay nine and a half points with Washington at the current moment. That's just the reality of the way that they've been playing. Even with their win last week against USC, I do not want to lay nine and a half points with that team right now. Haven't you seen this? Uh, <laughs> Siri, take it easy. Uh, haven't you seen this like throughout all the years that we've watched college football? It's like a, a high-ranked team that keeps escaping close wins. Like, the hammer finally falls. Yeah, it does. And it feels like this Washington team is ready to have that fall on them. Yeah, I agree. They're, you know, whatever whatever term you want to use, playing with fire, walking on thin yep. ice, that's yep. what it feels like for this team. Yep. And that, yes, they might win, and of course anything can happen. They could cover. But if I'm placing a bet with my money, I'm absolutely taking the nine and a half points with Utah. So that's how I see that. Good. All right, should we get into... The slate? Let's do it. All right, cool. So here's Mayor Mayhem for you guys. We're going to go over just some games I picked out on the card. Most of the games are just going to be kind of mid-tier games um, with power conferences. So let's get into it. I actually started off the first game on Saturday. I thought about putting Wyoming, Wyoming versus UNLV on here for a Friday night game, <laughs> but I ended up not. So the first game, 11 a.m. on Saturday, we got Texas Tech at Kansas, and uh, Kansas is a four and a half point favorite at home. The over-under is 62. Um, I watched a uh, wager talk video of somebody talking about this game, and he was basically saying Texas Tech is a much better team than their record indicates this year, and he likes Texas Tech getting points against this Kansas team. And from the standpoint of like Kansas just continuing to win games, 
lately. Yeah. I almost can understand someone saying, well, they're going like, to lose eventually. However, we're, we're pretty late into the season now, and they're, they're pretty awesome at home, this Kansas team. And I think they're confident, and they're very, very, well, they're, they're good. They're a good team and confident. I don't think it's a fluke. I think asking Texas Tech to win outright is a pretty big ask. And whether if, if you're going to take Kansas to win, I think I'd probably just lay the points. So, you have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm Kansas is going to be on my card uh, for that exact that uh, guy that you talked about said. Uh, I don't believe in anyone being due. Uh, I believe on the product that's on the field. Ninety-one uh, percent of the money on uh, Texas Tech spread, and still some sure bets going towards Kansas. Yeah, it's already at three and a half. I will, all of Kansas. We've talked about this before, and they actually proved us wrong this past week. Fade Kansas on the road. Right. Hammer them at home. Why would we go away? We just talked about it in an earlier segment. Stop fading ourselves. Hammer Kansas at home. Don't think about it. Yeah. I'm with you. That's, that's the way I look as well, especially with them being able to prove to win a night a nighttime road game against I last weekend. A hot Iowa team that no one gave Kansas a chance. Everyone was – all the sharp money was on Iowa State, so – I like the way they're playing ball right now. Yeah, clearly they're a good team, and the lack of quarterback being Bean, is uh, yeah. serviceable at least, if yeah. not better than that. He's faster than fuck for sure. His arm is yet to be truly put. Yeah, man, the kid being plays. Next game I wrote down here another 11 a.m. kick. We got Georgia Tech at Clemson. Clemson is laying 14 points at home. The over under is 55 and a half. You know. Before the Notre Dame game, I would have said, you have to take Georgia Tech and the points. How in the world is Clemson laying 14 <laughs> to this Georgia Tech team that has a respectable in-conference record this year? They are actually decent in a down ACC this season. With that said, I don't know if I want anything to do with it, but right now my slight lean would be Georgia Tech and the points. But I do think that's a very square lean. Um, that's really all I got. Yeah, uh, obviously we were on Georgia Tech as a whole last week on that over. Uh, Would have got there a lot easier if Virginia's quarterback didn't go down. Uh, but you deal with what, what you have. We actually didn't really talk about that game, we, uh, Clemson-Notre Dame. That was the all-time pros versus Joes play. Clemson was going to win that game no matter what. Pros versus Joes, four and a half. Or a three and a half point dog at home as a four and four team to a Notre Dame team that was overinflated due to beating the shit out of a bad, bad Pittsburgh team. Uh, they clearly struggled uh, on offense every game. They every big game this year. We've talked about it multiple times on the pod that that USC win was majority special teams and defense. Yep. Uh, Clemson bringing in their new quarterback, a little bit of breath of fresh air. Uh, due to the injury, I think this is a pretty easy line. I think uh, it should be closer to 20. And I like Clemson. Ooh. Yeah, minus 14. Ooh. Uh, Georgia Tech's you know, fast offense uh, doesn't really matter if it just goes three and out in less than 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And Clemson's defense has shown that they're still legit. Very legit. This entire season, yep. and their offense has been what's crapped them out all year. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a 
uh, buy low line on Clemson and a kind of an overreaction on Georgia Tech. You think uh, Clemson team total could be worth a look? Yeah, for sure. So that's especially if the defense is getting Georgia Tech off the field hypothetically quickly. Yeah, that means extra possessions. Thirty-four and a half. It's mm, pretty high number. <laughs> that is a high number. I could also see this game just being like twenty-eight nothing or twenty-eight three. That's yeah. why I like the spread. Not sure if I'm ready to fully commit to thirty-five points from the offense, right? But I am more than fine committing to this defense. Yeah, shutting down Georgia Tech, a team that we saw Bowling Green State beat outright. Sure, <laughs> earlier in this year. Yeah, so let's not fall in love with Georgia Tech quite yet. Yeah. All right. Next game is also an 11 a.m. start on Saturday. This is gross, so feel free to skip ahead if you hate this one. <laughs> we got Maryland at Nebraska. Oh, boy. Maryland laying two and a half points on the road. Over-under is 44. My gut reaction seeing this line is, wait, Maryland is favorited? Yeah. Are you kidding me? This Maryland team right now favorited on the road against a Nebraska team that uh, has – been successful at home this season outside of their game against Michigan. They had won uh, a couple in a row at home um, before they lost to Michigan State on the road last week. And Maryland has just, after what seemed to be a very promising start of their season, a team that went around with Ohio State in the first half when they played in uh, Columbus, uh, they have completely fallen apart since that game. They lost to Illinois when they were big favorites at home. They lost to Northwestern when they were big favorites to beat Northwestern, and then they get absolutely demolished at home against Penn State last weekend. I'm not really sure what's going on within that program, but something seems off to me. Meanwhile, I have a Nebraska team getting points, and while I admit I don't think they're a very good football team, (laughs) I do think they are more bought in, I think they're more confident, and I do think that this is a spot where they can easily beat this Maryland team on their home field. So I'm glad to take Nebraska here. Um, Just like give me the money line. I don't even need the points. Yeah. Ultimate Jekyll and Hyde situation on both of these teams. Talked about it last week. Maryland could start off 5-0 and and miss a bowl game, for fuck's sake. Uh, They're sliding so quickly. They had Michigan on the uh, next week. Uh, Tough to look ahead when you're not competing for anything besides making a bowl. Nebraska is also going to get that six win to be bowl eligible. I was looking at the uh, preseason uh, slate as well, and you were on Nebraska over six. Right. So this would be a push for you, guaranteed push money. Yep. Uh, giving you two games to, to get that cash. I don't know. The only line I'm looking at here is the under 44. That Maryland offense looked uh, legit earlier in the season, but it's really falling off. Uh, head-to-head, Nebraska's smoked Maryland in the past. Sheesh. This is probably going to be a stay-away game for me. I just don't want to be early 11 a.m. Uh, just asking myself, why did I waste money on this fucking deal? Yeah, understandable. That over-under, I think that's a good look on your end, but it also makes me do a double-take and say, why is this number as high as it is? Because I would have expected it to lower when the, when the line came out. Yeah. So... It's kind of like the Seahawks-Ravens when I saw that point spread last weekend. And I said, the Ravens are minus six and a half. I feel like Vegas is begging you to take the Seahawks yeah. on spot. Yep. And we know how that one shook out. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Next game I wrote down here is a 1 p.m. game on Saturday. It's Arizona against Coach Prime, Colorado. Arizona on the road, laying 10 at Colorado. Under is uh, 55. Initial thoughts for me were um, not much. Actually, <laughs> pretty much nothing at all. So I'm just curious if you had anything. Oh, we just said that it's time to wrap up on Colorado. Um, I would actually look at their team total under. This Arizona team is one of the hottest in the entire country. 20 and a half in Colorado against a defense that's kind of proved out in the last couple of weeks with Arizona. Man, I uh, I just think we're riding uh, two teams going in completely different directions. 10 and a half seems super low to me. I, I like Arizona minus 10 and a half. Yeah, this Arizona team, they just beat UCLA last weekend. Yep. 27 to 10. Yep. Yeah. Yep, they're playing well. Handled their business. And who did they beat the weekend before at home? Uh, well, they beat the shit out of Washington State. Then they beat Oregon and they State. Beat Oregon. So and they, they lost to USC in double overtime, triple overtime. And that's when everybody, were, you know, no one, Arizona wasn't yeah. on anybody's radar yep. in that game. Yep, they're a pesky team. And they've weathered the storm of USC, Wazoo, Oregon State, UCLA. Now they have a... Uh, Obviously, nation capturing Colorado team, and then they have Utah next week. So, Pac-12 just don't quit. Yeah, I mean, now that you kind of you know spoke about that game, I I agree. Arizona on the points. I can't take Colorado right now. No. Um, right in that game. No. Two thirty p.m. Central. Miami at Florida State. Ugh. Florida State fourteen point favorites. Over under is uh, and a half. In all seriousness. I- I I think I could <laughs> potentially no I think I'll be on Miami in the points in this game. Um, Miami Miami has been very very weird this season. You know they crushed Texas A and M early in the year. Yeah, and then their season goes down the drain when Cristobal decides to run the football when he could have taken the knee and beat Georgia Tech, and then the next week they lose to North Carolina. And then they escape against, uh, was it Virginia or Virginia Tech in overtime? Uh, no, they lost to Virginia. They lost to Virginia? Miami did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They lost to Virginia. Um, and then. Oh, no, they beat Virginia, lost to NC State last week. Right. Beat Clemson and then lost to UNC and Georgia Tech. Yeah, so this team, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a diehard Miami fan and I've watched every snap, <laughs> but from a distance, it looks like. To me, that this team is talented. They really got deflated from uh, the Georgia Tech game when they blew it. And now I think they've had the adequate amount of time to recover and get up for this game against Florida State. And you've already heard me bitch about Florida State not being as good as uh, the fourth-ranked team in the country. This is a rivalry game. I do think Miami is still extremely talented. And Florida State is for... A, a, a scary one, if for lack of a better word. So I'm going to hand me in the points in this game. Oh, boy. There. Oh, boy. You are buckling up for wide, Mr. Toad's wide. Uh, I know that Miami quarterback likes to throw a lot of interceptions. Yeah. Van Dyke. Yep. Yep. Uh, already said it. Not going to go back on the Hall of Fade. If you go to the Hall of Fade, you're not going to be bet on any longer. So I'm not going to immediately change that 20 minutes later. That's fair. Um, last year, Florida State beat the fuck out of this team, 45-3. to three. Hmm. Uh, 
31-28 the year before. I think Miami's going to have this circled on the schedule. 45-3 to in a rivalry game is embarrassing. Yeah. I lean towards the over. I see this game getting into the 20s. I think 28. Uh, or I think Florida State or Miami can both chase this up. Yeah, I can see this being like uh, 38-28 to 28 game, something like that. 38-20 to 20 will get us there. Just Someone's going to get get out and running. I don't see this being 17-14. Yeah. So that would be my lane. Just not even going to touch Miami, though. Okay. Yeah, I I would lean that direction in the over as well. Next I got here on the card, another 230 game. This one's really intriguing to me. Oklahoma State laying two and a half on the road at UCF mm-hmm. over under 64. Um, this game screams public all over Oklahoma State. Sharp, <laughs> sharps on UCF. Man, it sure does. However, public has to win sometimes, right? Um, sharp money is actually all over UCF. Uh, actually, pub- public tickets on UCF, 51%. Uh, we do know UCF is different with John Reese Plumley, so their record is a little bit skewed. Uh, however, I mean, they barely sneaked by Cincinnati last week. He's a bad Cincinnati team. With Plumley? Yeah. Get beat by... Uh, West Virginia, who this pod likes very much. Uh, just because of what the over-under is and like what the what Vegas has laid this line, I would just recommend everyone stay away from this game. Yeah. Unless you have a, a strong feeling, either one of these teams create much defensive havoc. Oklahoma State doesn't allow havoc, really. Uh, not like UCF was getting it. So these quarterbacks should have all day, do whatever they want. 64 is just a ton of points. It's with We saw uh, Oklahoma State stall out pretty quickly last week. As overall, this is a stay-away game for me. Yeah, and for anyone who's looking to make a wager on this game, I would want to mention that UCF finally got off the schneid, and they won a game last week yeah. and for the first time. And So sometimes just find a win, regardless of who it's against, and really with the team's confidence and, you know, this is this is their opportunity to really make a statement at home against a good team. So I'm um, I'm with you. Stay away for the time being. Rutgers at Iowa. <laughs> yes, Rutgers at Iowa. Two thirty p.m. Central. Iowa is a point home favorite. Brunder is twenty nine. Um, boy, wow. Um, Rutgers. I got to give Rutgers credit. I don't want to give them too much credit, but Rutgers fought against Ohio State. Rutgers was actually the only team that made it somewhat of a game against Michigan all season long, uh, to my immediate memory. Yeah. Um, Rutgers, no, they haven't been perfect. Do I think they're good? No. Do I think they're at least decent? Yeah. Winning in Iowa is, is very I feel like I'm just talking in circles right now, so <laughs> I don't know how to bet this game. Yeah, so it might take alt under 13 and a half. Right. <laughs> um, please it. Uh, completion percentage, dead last. Yards per pass, second to last. Uh, passing yards per game, 110 passing yards per game. This is Iowa's offense in their passing game. Uh, Rutgers has a good defense. Um, 
really hammering down on opponents' completion percentage. Their best part about their defense is uh, the cornerbacks. So that's truly not going to be an issue. So all I'm saying is that Rutgers takes the lead. Iowa's going to have a real fucking hard time coming back. A tough to say uh, game that's going to end in the with under the lights at Kinnick uh, with daylight savings. Yeah, gotta take Iowa. Yeah, gotta take Iowa. But you have to take the under. Mm-hmm. You have to plug your nose and take under a game that's twenty nine and a half. I just I would take the under, and I'm actually I would actually lean Rutgers. I would actually lean Rutgers. Wow, you can't. They're they're not undefeated all time at home. So only a one point favorite. Uh, give me the plus money. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man, I don't even know why I wrote this game, this next game on the card after Rutgers, Iowa. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, 2.30 p.m. Central at my Northwestern Wildcats at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is laying 10 in Madison. The over-under is 42 half. The under immediately jumped up looking at this game. 42 and a half? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Northwestern and Wisconsin? What? Yeah. This game's going to be 17-7. to 7. Yeah. Come on. Northwestern, one of the worst overall Havoc teams in the entire country. Bottom 20 in allowed and defensive Havoc created. Where Wisconsin can get after the ball a little bit. Ugh. I'm not going to bet this game. No fucking chance. Didn't even know this was happening. So, I would... I'm done disrespecting Northwestern. Yeah. Automatically fading them. They're better than we thought they'd be. Yeah. Winning multiple games as double-digit dog outright. So, yeah. I'm just going to keep going on with my life pretending this game was never even <laughs> being played. All right. On to a little bit of a better oh, you're game. Oh, you're not going to lay any side? In this game? Yeah. Uh, no. Wow. No. After you, you faded them into the ground against Maryland, they my- said... Fuck you, Mayor. My lean is Wisconsin minus 10. Wisconsin's at home. Wisconsin has been a uh, pretty good home team this year. They even hung around with Ohio State. Um, obviously looked not good on the road last week at Indiana, <laughs> but that was a road game, and now they're back at home against an inferior opponent. So I think Wisconsin probably covers that number. Yep. Um, 3 o'clock Saturday. Uh, sorry. Auburn at Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas is a two and a half point home favorite. Over under is forty eight. I read that Arkansas fired their offensator, and 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 then they went on to score third points against Florida. Man, is it like a Raiders session here? Uh huh. What do we got? Um, yeah, I mean Florida was obviously streaking, so that was one of the biggest surprises. Uh, really, all the whole weekend, like low key. Obviously, the game didn't anything. Both those teams are. Uh, how do you look at them? I'm slow to an Auburn team that has shown greatness and then also just had some bad losses season. Uh, their rush attack is 187 yards per game. Um, Arkansas has shown some life, though, on the on the running side. I think uh, this has been surprising all season, uh, this trend of I think we're in for another SEC under. Yeah. There's been a lot of SEC unders lately, and 48 seems like way too many points for two teams that want to run the ball. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take forty eight uh, under. I like that. I, I I agree. I think I see this game being like three to seventeen. Yep. Somebody. Yep. That's a great great call out there. All right. So under. That's 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 where we look. Next game I wrote down here six p.m. Central Saturday. We got the Florida Gators at LSU. LSU is a thirteen point favorite at home. 
The over-under is 63.5. My gut reaction to seeing this line was that it was too many points. Yeah, man. Like we just talked about, they came out of pretty much nowhere. Uh, Arkansas beating a Florida team that was good. Looks like we're going to have over 60% chance of rain. The humidity is going to be out the ass. Uh, Let me ask you this. Do you, I wouldn't even say is it fair, but do you expect LSU to be a little demotivated in this game, given what's happened just throughout their season and then, of course, last weekend losing to Alabama? Yeah, for sure. That's something you, uh, especially at the college level, you're concerned with. Uh, I, I like to think on the other side, that NIL actually uh, incentivizes guys to continue to play well, no matter the rank. So you've got guys at LSU that are actually making NIL coin um, that might not really care about the record, just care about the stats and flexing. Uh, Malik Neighbors is obviously one of the best players in the entire country, let alone wide receiver. Mm, 38 and a half is what I think for a team total. And then Florida, they've... Florida is on the Hall of Fade for being on the road. And 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 it's also, I would want to ask you, are they just dead at this point? Yeah. Is Florida dead? Yeah. I think they might be. You yeah. know? I think, I, uh, I think I'm good with laying 13 and a half. I think I really am. Get back into a comforting old home. Like, you always love beating up teams that have run their mouth in the past. Florida, very insufferable. Fans love to see it. I think I'm comfortable with this LSU team laying 13 and a half, even though they can't stop a nosebleed. I just don't trust Graham Mertz from a couple good games. We know who he is. He stinks. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Florida is quite dead yet. Okay. I think I think they'll find a way to cover. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right, we got West Virginia at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a 12 and a half point favorite. The over under is 58. This game's also at 6 p.m. on uh, Saturday. Um, this is kind of out of bounds for me, West Virginia, Oklahoma. Uh, no no clue, really. you have anything? Yeah, West Virginia was one of my favorite plays last week. It was between them and the over in the LSU game, um, and they beat the fuck out of BYU. I mean, West Virginia, they proved everyone wrong that that Houston Hail Mary would kill their season. Like, they look good. They are legit defense. Like, they are some bad, bad dudes. Uh, 13th in defensive havoc and 15th in havoc allowed. And Oklahoma's 18th in defensive havoc. So I expect an absolute war on the trenches between these two teams. Obviously, got a down bad Oklahoma team. I think when you're that emotional, coming off of you know two losses in what, three weeks, um, to pretty much yeah just sink their season. And they almost lost to UCF. Yep. Before. Yep. So I think. Uh, yeah, this, man, this team, you look at this team, just gritty. West Virginia won last year as eight-and-a-half-point dogs outright. No, Oklahoma's lost two in a row. I'm sorry, Kansas and Oklahoma State. Right. Fuck, man. This is a tough one because I want my heart to just follow West Virginia no matter what. I think there's enough turnovers created and uh, just enough havoc running amok that I'm back on the overtrain. Dude, it sounds like you want to take West Virginia. It does, but I like the overs. West Virginia has let some games get over. Uh, three of their last four, 41-28, 34-48, 39-41. So, and those are all Big 12 opponents, UCF, Oklahoma State, Houston. 
Obviously, last week, uh, BYU, forget they're a Big 12 opponent, but yep. not truly a Big 12. No. That's not their offensive style of air it out. Yeah, I like the over, man. I like the over. Maybe you'll see West Virginia on the card at 13 and a half. Okay. 6.30 p.m. Central on Saturday. We got Texas laying 10 points at TCU. The over-under is 53 and a half. So is yours going to be back in this game? Uh, that's that's a great question. It would, um, it would be really stunning to see TCU win this game outright, in my opinion. And uh, they're a 10-point under. Um, but... Texas saved their season last week by being able to escape against Kansas State. So when you escape, when you escape the jaws of death like that, um, they already came down against Baylor earlier in the season. Granted, game against Houston was unnecessarily close uh, for Texas, and they were able to win that game. Shoot, I'm curious to hear what you have to say of game because I. Just want to pull the trigger on Texas minus 10 and just let let it ride. However, I don't know if that's irresponsible of me. Yeah, I think it is a little irresponsible. Viewers upgraded day-to-day. When we look at both these teams, obviously I was a big TCU hater all year. They already cashed my under uh, win total, so I can release the hate off of them. Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers shares song lyrics to Instagram story, turn me loose, set me free. <laughs> Whoa. One day. Yeah, uh, just three of the last four weeks, Texas has really cut it close. Um, haven't, haven't covered in any of those. Three and a half point favorites last week went to overtime with Kansas State. Um, 23 and a half point favorites against Houston, one by seven. And then three and a half point favorites to Oklahoma, which they lost outright. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I don't know if TCU has it in them, uh, even if they're at home. That's what I'm saying. Don't they stink? You, you, you followed more TCU than I have this year. Aren't they cheeks? Yeah, I mean, they've been working with their backup quarterback. Morris has been out, who was pretty good. Uh, obviously, starting off with that Colorado loss. I don't know. I'm just going to stay away from this game. I haven't liked what Texas has shown me to pull away and, and beat teams, especially a road you know, I'd say rival, in-state rival. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. I could see if this could be a big-time backdoor situation. This will be TCU's first home game since October 14th, which is always a little interesting, in my opinion. Sometimes it doesn't mean anything. But yeah. I like to think that they're a little more, more fired up when they haven't been at home in a while. But, yeah, I'm kind of with you at the moment. Just kind of a stay away for now. Um Next game I wrote down, 6.30 p.m. Saturday, we got Michigan State at your <laughs> Ohio State Buckeyes laying 31 points. Last time I checked, over-under is 47. Um, not often do you see that big of a point spread with that low of a total, but <laughs> we, we have it here. So, um, any thoughts here? Yeah, Nate and I added this to big games, okay. so we did talk about it. So, what are your thoughts on it? Um Oh, boy. You know, my thoughts are Ohio State's offense isn't good enough to be laying 31 against just about anybody, especially a Big Ten opponent. With that said, I listened to a guy on Wager Talk today, and he said Michigan State has played Ohio State with better teams in this situation, and they still lost games, you know, (laughs) 50 or things like that. Yeah. Basically making a case for Ohio State. So, 
my initial gut reaction is, damn, that's a really big number, especially against a team that, yes, stinks, but there's been a lot more on Michigan State just into the program itself. This isn't like a team that like, like absolutely is dog shit from a talent perspective. It's it, their season has gone off the rails for numerous reasons. So I do huge spread. I just don't trust Ohio State's offense as much as I would at the moment. But those are just my initial cliff nuts. Yeah. Uh, obviously, since we already covered it, I'm not going to dive back in. Uh, just one note: this is now committee is now doing eye test and uh, schedule. So we're now entering the Michigan and Ohio State portion where they are now crossing over. They had a, a pretty weird scheduling matrix where both teams haven't really played uh, similar opponents in the Big Ten. So now they have three weeks of they've played similar teams, so they'll be able to compare head-to-head. Yeah. And so that's why I think Ohio State will look to flex after seeing Michigan win 42 nothing. Yeah. against Michigan State. They will need to rev up the gas. Uh, and then also I mentioned that you look at Michigan State's statistics nationwide. I mean, if you would take the name Michigan State away, you'd think you're looking at a MAC team. I mean, that's how inept they are. Penalties, turnovers, uh, even kicking. They're 82nd in the country in field goal conversion. Okay. And then they're, they're at hundreds and below in passing, rushing. So it's just like the season's gone. There's not going to be a Stanford-USC upset here. Right. Uh, I think it's more about how much can Ohio State win by and impress the committee. Okay. So you're saying lay it. Not sure if you could lay it. Uh, I'm actually on the over. Uh, as I mentioned, I like Michigan State to squeeze out one touchdown. Yep. Six and a half team total. I, I don't have a play on this game yet. Like you, I was stunned by the over-under to the spread. Right. <laughs> like, such a wacky situation. Yeah. Seriously, you need... You need something. If you're batting the under and Ohio State to cover, you need 38 nothing. Right. Something like that. All right. 9 p.m. Central on Saturday. I got USC at Oregon. Oregon is a 15-point favorite, and the over-under is 73.5. My initial thoughts was take the under in this game, and the reason I say that is I figure USC's defense has to be better given that they fired their coordinator and they had another embarrassing performance against Washington. And then I look at the opposite side of the ball and I look at Oregon's defense, who's been pretty good throughout this season. This isn't a traditional Oregon team where they have a great offense, but also a shitty defense. I know USC has a very potent offense themselves, and I'm not saying I'm sold on the under in this play yet, but that is my lean looking at it on paper right now. Yeah, first thoughts when I saw this, uh, and goes back to our comment, I'm probably going to kick my own ass, because this is later in the night, so hopefully I'm up that this can just be like a, a you know, just throwing money at the, a play game. Yep. I love seeing the points here. This is a team with a lot of pride. You got Lincoln Riley that's obviously not going to be happy, and you got Caleb Williams that still needs to show off his NFL talent, and what better way to show that off than either upsetting outright or just losing another close game. I think USC keeps this way within the number. I like that play. That's a lot of points. A lot of points for a USC team that can... Yeah. Uh, I lean that direction as well. Last game I wrote 10 p.m. Central on Saturday. We got Air Force playing 19th on the road at Hawaii. Over-under is 47. Weird spot for Air Force. You know, they 
They inexplicably lose 23-3 to against Army Ugh. after such a dominant season up to that point for Air Force. Maybe you could say that there were some signs that they weren't quite kicking the shit out of teams quite as much as they had been um, in previous weeks, but here we are, Air Force, my team at Hawaii. Is this a, you know, get out of Colorado and get clear your head and get right game for Air Force, or is this... Or was last week more of a sign for things to come? And, you know, we're looking at Hawaii here. Oh, the wagon with wings. Uh, the, the playoff hopes are dashed. Yeah. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Uh, they couldn't do fucking shit. And that's what happens when you've got two, uh, three teams that do it. Georgia Tech used to, but they never played. But running the triple uh, wing, oh, fuck. When you have the right defensive players to guard against it, it's almost like playing in quicksand. Like you're just behind the chains all the time. And uh yeah, that was the Achilles heels, so that sucked. Uh I think this is a big get right game. Uh Hawaii's offense obviously trying to find their own identity. And Air Force still has ball players, still has good really good players. This is a big time underplay, just based on Hawaii's not gonna score. I like under forty seven and a half. That'll most likely make the card. All right. Yeah, no thoughts from me. Um, Air Force, I went 0-2 on them last week. That'll happen, but I'm not going to pretend like I am an expert on either of these teams. So nothing from me. Um, That does it for the Mayor Mayhem. Appreciate you participating in it. Thank you. And, um, yeah, anything you wanted to add before we get into uh, our final segment here? No, no. Another great slate. Let's let's fire down another winner for for the team. All right, awesome. So we'll get into um, we'll get into our teaser for this week. I believe uh, last week our teaser uh, it hit. So yeah, what were the odds? Plus five hundred. Yep, plus five hundred. Sweet. So the teaser hit, and now we're going to get into the teaser for this week. Nate texted us his teaser picks. So Nate, start. He is on TCU versus Texas over forty seven. And he is on Arizona, minus four against Colorado. I will go first with my first pick, if that's cool with you, dude. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go Utah. Let's tease Utah from plus nine and a half to whatever that is. Wow. Okay. So plus 16. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I'm on, give me Bama, minus four. Don't even think about it. Yeah, it's a good pick. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't even think about it. Yeah. And for my second pick. On the old teasy tease. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to tease Ole Miss up to plus 17 and a half. Oh, my gosh. That is. <laughs> Just sticking with the uh, trend of fading Georgia on this podcast. I know. Uh, I'm going to go with this team couldn't beat any team in the country by more than eight. Give me Rutgers plus eight at Iowa. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that just seems way too way too easy. Uh, so let's skip the the Parker S parlay. I want to wait for that um, to release that uh, just on Friday morning, so we get the best odds. Uh, last week seemed like I got it too early, and then released it uh, on Friday. Yep, and everyone wasn't able to get the same odds. So let's just go to the fill fill me up parlay. Okay. Um, I'll say Nate's leg first. He also texted his pick for the fill me up parlay. He is on West Virginia money line 
um, against Oklahoma. So it's going to be a big number. I'm looking to see what it is. Exactly. Plus 400. Plus 400? Yep. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to be on a similar number, my friend. Wow. You know where I'm going. Old Miss? I'm going to go Miami. Oh, no. Straight up to beat Florida State. <laughs> In-state rivalry game. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if this happens. That's, so, that's plus 440. Give me Miami. I mean, we got to go round robin here. I mean, with these big-ass numbers. That is fucking crazy. Well, why don't I just do the same thing? This team looked absolutely horrendous, and Vandy's always good for one. <laughs> At South Carolina, we'll go Vandy as the road dog. That pays, that's 149 to one. Beautiful. $5 pays 750, 750. Beautiful. There it is. All right. Awesome. Wouldn't it be just amazing if this thing hit? That would be pretty great pick me up for the entire day. Hey. Yeah, what if I put 20 on it, too? Right. Why well, don't I make two grand real quick? Yeah. Oh, come on. Just lock that in. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, yeah, as far as official plays go, I'm not going to release anything right now, but obviously I'll get that card over to you, which we release on Twitter on Friday morning with myself, uh, Xander, and Nate's uh, official card and our locks of the week. And then you can find our teaser on that card. Um, our fill me up parlay that we just mentioned, and then Xander's park your ass parlay that he uh, does every week. So Friday morning on Twitter is all our picks. Um, yeah, another great show, bud. Um, 6 p.m. Hard stop, and here we are. It's six. Yep. Um, make sure to check out uh, Xander's uh, Maction Minute next week. That's still going on, correct? Yep. Last week is next week. All right. Oh, already brings a tear to my eye. A, a quick three weeks from Maction. Oh, so quick. All right, man. Well, enjoy the games, everyone. Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, have a great, have a great weekend. All right, bye.